Hello and welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. With me, as always, is the United Reuben Williams. How are you, mate? G'day, Ryan. I'm fantastic. Thank you. It's a pleasure, as always, to be talking to you across the desk. Uh, I am a temporary United converted <laughs> A-League fan, I reckon. I, I, uh, wow. I walked into the, <laughs> I walked into the A-League grand final last week, a, a Melbourne City supporter, but then after watching our friend Nathan Peroni go about his business and chatting to him today, um, lean towards United for now. Yeah. For now, my dad, I hope, isn't listening to this because he's a massive Melbourne City fan. But um, Nathan, uh, Nathan, and his journeys really got me swaying. Yeah, up, up, up the United folk. I'm a, I'm a Perth Glory man myself, <laughs> and well, we couldn't be further from the grand final. But uh, <laughs> you're right. I, I do like the the green and black. I think it's a very cool operation over there and mm. a great team as well which is highly exciting for our guest today nathan so yep uh and a big episode coming up as well to, massive episode to digest the whole the grand final but also his his journey to get there so yeah our longest standing sports grad community member which is just phenomenal so yeah. and joining the elite club of uh two episodes as yes well. and you select few who've been given that honor yeah. Anyway, we will crack into the show. My name's Ryan Walker. He's Ruben Williams. We are two mates who met at Cricket Australia, and now we help people find their own dream job through this very podcast and our online community. If you want to follow us, head over to LinkedIn, or even better, if you want to reconnect with us and hundreds of others uh, working in sport, jump into the Sports Trade community. Yes, and speaking of the sports grad community, a quick shout out to all of our beloved community members, one of which is coming in today on the podcast, but a special shout out to Daniel Keane, who's just landed a job as a member operations coordinator at the Hawthorne Football Club. I couldn't think of a better place to work, Ryan, so well done <laughs> to Daniel on landing that job uh, with an outstanding organisation, might I say. So. If you are like Daniel and you want a foot in the door of the sports industry at the best club of the last 50 years, or you're like the Hawthorne Football Club and you want to save a lot of time and a lot of money hiring outstanding people like Daniel, then jump into the sports grad community. There's so much there for everybody. Even if you're just like us and you just want to network with people across the industry and you'll, you'll hear from Nate today that that's what he's there to do over the yeah. next 10 years. But there's seriously some incredible people from Cricket Australia, Netball Australia, the AFL, Tennis Australia, all the AFL clubs, A-League clubs as well. It does not get any better than inside the community. So head to the link in our uh, show notes to join. It is, uh, it's going off, Ryan. Absolutely is, mate. It's pumping, as they say. Ruse, we can't start any episode without some love for our good friends at Deakin. Deakin has been a huge supporter of the Sports Road podcast since day dot. Uh, and our guest today is a great member of the Deakin alumni. I was suddenly surrounded by Deacon alumni in today's episode. So it was fantastic. I would have loved to go to Deacon if I had the chance back in the day. But if you are currently studying or you've just finished studying, having a postgrad qualification in sports management on your resume can give you a huge leg up over other potential candidates applying for the same role. So if you want to pump up your resume and get specialized knowledge in pretty much every area of sport that you could think of, check out Deakin's postgrad qualifications. Their Master of Business in Sports Management, as we've seen by none other than the man in front of me right now, is not one of but the best one in Australia, ranked at number one. So I'd be getting in there pretty quick. Add a postgrad to your resume, and that is our bit of Deacon love for the episode. And a bit more Deacon love, as you mentioned, Nathan Peroni is our guest today who studied a sport management degree at Deakin University, as all good people do, myself mm. included. But uh, a little bit more about Nath before we get him onto the show. So Nath came out of this uh, Deakin degree with a sport management qualification. He's done some experience early on at his local gym, uh, which taught him some very early sales and sponsorship uh, experience. He then went on to the Box Hill Hawks, did an internship with, with them where he started to pick up uh, some event experience and add to his sponsorship experience as well. And then after a while, he then saw an opportunity at the AFL. He jumped into that. He spent eight months at the, at the AFL in a customer service role, helping clubs and leagues around the country run their different uh, events and games. And then finally, he's made it to 
the Western uh, United Football Club in a sponsorship coordinator role, which has been his dream since day dot. I don't know about you, Ryan, but ever since I met Nath, it's all, always been about football or soccer yeah. and sponsorship for Nathan. And he's finally made it and he's won a premiership in his very first three months in the job. So a lot to unpack in this episode. But uh, firstly, yeah. I think what people have got to look for is what it's like working for the A-League premiers. You know, if you're working for a club who's winning the biggest day in A-League for the season... You know, what are you doing before the game? What are you doing during the game? Where are you after the game? If your team's winning, this is like an experience that not many people get to have in their entire lives. And Nathan's experience in the first three months of his job. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just love the, you know, just hearing about his journey, what he's gone through, where he's come from, and even some of the, you know, the blockers that have come in his way about where he wants to get to. and. He's just a great example of someone who's worked hard to get where he is right now. He's done all the right things on the way. You know, he, he's met all the right people. He's, he's really built his capability, and now he's uh, he's reaping those rewards. So, mm. just hearing the journey is is probably the highlight for me. He makes it look easy, but it's it's not easy for everybody. No. You really have to work hard, and he's certainly done that. Yeah. Uh, finally, I think one of the really nice things that came out of Nathan's interview is just hearing from Nathan's voice how fulfilling. A job in sport really is particularly in his situation where he's put in five years of hard work after leaving school and not really sure about what to do mm. to now achieving his goal and then ending up with the premiers you can just hear it in his voice how passionate he is about it yeah how aligned he is with western united and where they're going and how much he loves it and is loving work at the moment so i think that's a really lovely thing to to look forward to with nathan yeah absolutely it's, it's a great episode great listen for anyone who loves a, a good story and uh, hearing about someone's journey. So grab a pen, enjoy this chat with Nathan Peroni. Nathan Peroni, welcome back to the Source Grab podcast. Thanks, gents. It's nice to be back and uh, nice to be in the studio. It's uh, good to be amongst an in, in real life podcast, I suppose you could say. Mm. Um, I didn't think I'd be back on. Some people I've spoken to, um, I'll give Clayton Henderson a shout out, said, didn't you think it was a guarantee that when you won on the weekend, you'd be, you'd be back? <laughs> and I said, look, I don't know, you know, I was on the podcast 13, 14 months ago. Um, but look, it's it's good to be back and um, for me, it'll be nice to just chat about my journey and I suppose mm. the weekend as well, which I've already done with a few people. So yeah. Mm. Well, you're, you're, an elite, you're an elite company now of people who have graced the podcast on, on two or more occasions, I think. Yeah. There's Aman Alawalia who, uh, when we first had him on, he was a uh, Super Bowl winning sponsorship manager with the Kansas City Chiefs. And there's uh, Michael Wolford who also went to the Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals, didn't win. You've now been on a second time. You've gone to the A-League Grand Final and won. So there's a high category of performers as we get back. There's a commercial yeah. theme there. Commercial, commercial theme too. There's yeah. a flavour about it. Mm. I'm not sure what that is. Bit of luck on the, the School Show podcast. Oh, yeah, we had yeah. a bit of Ryan bias, I reckon. Yeah. Well, you've got to have a bit of that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, but tell us about the weekend because you've been in this job for only three months and football has been the biggest thing in your life it's the only thing you've ever talked to us about every time ryan comes up to me and say how's nathan he goes oh he won't stop talking about football and sponsorship <laughs> you've made it into a football and sponsorship role with western united they've won the a-league grand final over the weekend and you are on the ground celebrating with the fans afterwards and have been part of the the victory laps going around melbourne ever since so tell us a bit about the night and and how it's been since yeah so i think before we get going i'll um i'll say because you said it as well Football, as what I'll refer to and you guys will refer to, is soccer. Yeah, um, <laughs> good to, to clarify just, just that Just to be one. consistent and to clarify. So I'm now in a football club that I make sure I say football. So, yeah. Um, But yeah, in terms of the night, it was... Uh, look, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't think we'd be there at all. Um, I know Aloisi and the, the boys have said for weeks and throughout the whole year that no one believed in us. Um, one of the big stats I saw was, I think it was after the semi-final win against the victory in the second leg... There was a graphic of the A-League, um, the pundits and what they'd said um, mm. for the semifinals and it was just victory, 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 victory. There was no Western at all. Yeah. Um, and look, every right to, to back a, a club that's been around for years and we're in hot form. They hadn't lost for 16 games. Uh, we obviously got through and we'd beat Wellington Phoenix the week before and just for context, leading in, we had the league title in our hands 
um, with three games to go. Three wins, we win. We were away for three games in seven days. We looked awful. Um, we lost every game. And I think all of us thought going into finals, we would almost get knocked out straight away. Mm. So we came in probably with the worst form of the whole six. And obviously, yeah, we got to the grand final. And I think at that point, I had more confidence to beat City than I did beating Victory. Um, purely because Victory were in such great form. City had come back from an Asian Champions League campaign where they played six games in maybe three weeks in Asia and all in based out of Thailand. So they weren't really the same team. They struggled through Adelaide. Um, and yeah, I was in good spirits going to the City game. So from a work perspective, it was a, a wild run through the finals, um, especially that Victory one. We went from Wellington Phoenix on a Saturday night into home leg against Victory on Tuesday night. So we had 72 hours to turn everything around. Funny story, I was, um, we finished at the Wellington game. I then went home to watch the Premier League at, I think it was 1.30 or, or 3 o'clock or something like that. I think it was a big game. I can't remember what it Is was. Is this the final round of the Premier League? I think it was two weeks before. Um, anyway, that game finished at, at 5 and I was like, shit, I still need to do some emails. To sort out our, our corporate hospo for the game in, in two days' time. So I was doing emails till like 5.30 in the morning, trying to sort out <laughs> our, um, our entitlements for our partners. And yeah. we had 72 hours to turn it around. Um, so that, that happened. And then we had the Saturday game again, which was five days later. There was less to do for us because it was an away game. Um, but again, there was a lot of work around hospitality and suites and the like. And then the week of the grand final, we had a week, which was... <laughs> A long time for us. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's good. But amongst all of it, I was also getting my hands dirty with tickets. Um, every final, I was helping our ticketing team and a few of our admin staff to just basically redeem and send out comps for partners, for staff, for um, friends of the board and etc. And so, you know, despite I'm in a commercial role and we speak about this a lot, you've got to get your hands dirty and sometimes you've got to just do the nitty gritty. And for me, I didn't think twice. I knew the long-term benefit of seeing you know, Amy Park packed and full of West United fans and the actives. Um, but I also knew that it's just putting my foot forward in a positive light, that I'm here to, to do the hard yards. I'm not here just to do my role and say, get stuffed. Mm. And yeah, so the night of the grand final was, um, it was so exciting. I was there at oh, three o'clock, I think. I didn't have to be there till probably four to do some setup for um, our active area. And we had some t-shirts, which we put over all the seats and the actives. Um, and I, yeah, I just soaked the atmosphere up before it all got very busy, um, and personally, yeah, I was predominantly in the com in the commercial team and obviously working the chairman's club. So I did a bit of man management in terms of getting people in, but we also needed help with giving out um, giving giveaways for our fans, and that's where I saw you, Rubes, on the night. And yeah, it was just great to be around the West United crew and um, just little things about getting amongst the atmosphere, giving out little clappers, giving out little t-shirts, and you know, you made kids' days or you made families' days, and um yeah I, I sort of stood at one point i think before i caught up with you and they started doing the entertainment i was like wow this is just unreal i'm behind the goals and this is all happening and um yeah post that we all so i went back and um watched from the the chairman's club and um yeah for everyone that doesn't know we scored in the second minute and <laughs> i couldn't believe it um it was almost fate that we were on the right track and we we're going to do it we scored again in the 30th um, which was originally offside and VAR pulled it back, which was pretty unheard of in, in football Best nowadays. Best mates, VAR. I know. Usually the, the worst thing about it, right? Yeah, yeah normally <laughs> everyone hates VAR, so that was nice. Um, and at that point, we all started to think this could actually happen. Um, and yeah, obviously we, we ended up winning and um, five minutes before the game, I think ended all of our staff or went down behind the goals and we're all lapping it up and um, lucky no one actually got kicked with a ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you wouldn't say that anywhere in AFL or Premier League or something. Nah. The staff just behind a goal. Yeah. Uh, Who's, uh, whose idea was that? Uh, I think it was just the exec, to be honest. So CEO, <laughs> chairman, we're all going down. Yeah. And I actually found out from Jess in our events team that the max we could have, and this was after the game and after everyone was on the pitch, the max we could have is 60 people on the pitch. And I reckon there was 600. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just every, every family member, every friend, every friend of a friend and staff and everyone was just on the ground. I mean, it was awesome because everyone could share in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, it's obviously very rare and to be a startup and in our third year to win the championship. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the celebrations kicked on. We got lucky to 
join in uh, downstairs, sing a song and got a few photos with the toilet seat. And um, <laughs> yeah, look, as a whole, it was just a, a dream come true. And I'm sure we can speak to this a bit later, but I took some time and um, again, probably before the final whistle blew when I got down to the ground and just started to soak it all in. And um, I probably don't have the same feeling some other staff do because they've been there from the start. But for me to be a football man and to be involved in a club like this and get my hands dirty and really feel part of the team within the three months, um, yeah, it just took me back to being a kid and wanting to be a player on a pitch and, and winning yeah. a, a championship. So I know I'm not a player, but you're still very very much a part of it. And the club mm. makes you feel a part of it as well. Clo- closest thing too, though, if you're mm. on the field. Well, everyone's got their own story to tell when a grand final is won. And so for some of those staff... They might have been there from day dot and set the strategy and recruited the players and all the those sort of things. But for you, your story kind of dates back to, you know, when you started a sport management degree and when you dreamed of working in this sponsorship role in football. And so for you personally, it's still a, a massive thing to kind of experience. So I love times like these when, you know, premierships are won and all these different stories start to come out about what it took different people to get there. Um, and every one of them is unique and special in their own way. And so it's really cool to kind of you know, be a part and see your journey the whole way through. Yeah, you're right. Um, for me, I always think back to year 12 or even the back end of year 11. Um, I didn't really know exactly what I was after. I always thought about player agency and that's all I think a lot of people think of when they think sport management. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll be a, an agent. That's the best way I can get close to the players. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I looked at a few courses and I was just set on a sport management course and I knew Deakin was the go-to. So we're going into year 12, I had my ATAR I needed to get. I had the course I wanted to do and I just worked my ass off to get it. I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I wanted to give myself a red hot crack and I did. And um, yeah, that was the best thing I suppose that ever happened to me to get through to Deakin. And there's so many stories of how I've got to this point today um, through networking and whether that's Naomi McLean, who I've met in my um, seminar in my second semester who I ended up interviewing on a podcast who then mentioned Andrew Perchin, who's now my boss. Yeah. I then um, interviewed him on the podcast. <laughs> Six months later, I rang him and he's now my boss. Um, and then there's like Mitch Sewek, for example, to thank. He helped, well, I met him on an India study tour. I then got asked to be on the podcast with him and all these interviews take place. So look, there's a, a multitude of volunteer roles and internships and other things that I've, I've gone through. Um, lots of hard conversations you have to have with with family or friends, predominantly friends that it's like, why aren't you coming out or why mm. are you just doing this to not get paid? And I spoke a bit this, about this last time I was on the podcast and I suppose now it's all, you could say, starting to pay off. And mm. I said in my LinkedIn post yesterday, it, it's all worth it. Um, I know success puts the cherry on top and it has been worth it for probably a little bit. But um, yeah, I just think how many more times I could possibly have that same feeling as Saturday night um, mm. for the next 40 years or whatever it might mm. be. Yeah. yeah, It's a good point. Like you've, you've climbed this massive mountain and deserve to be feeling incredibly good about what you've achieved, but now you're in, it's like, what can you, what can you do with it? You know, that next sort of project or the next sort of Everest for you to climb is might be something more closely aligned to the special feelings that some of the exec might have where they've started a new club and, and built something from scratch. Um, these different projects might live in different sort of forms anywhere in the world. Um, but now that you're in, you've got the opportunity to kind of pick and choose which one to go after, which is a really cool thing to, to think about. Mm. Um, take us back to the first three months. And for those listening, share a little bit about what, what your role is at Western United and then what, what it's been like coming into a role three months in. What's that, what's that process like? How's it been getting used to everything and settling in because it has been a bit of a wild ride three months and then you've won a premiership yeah so i was um hired as a commercial partnerships coordinator which basically for for those who don't know it's not a very salesy role within the commercial team it's very much an account management uh, client satisfaction they're kind of your main kpis from a club that's three years old you can imagine we're pretty understaffed and under resourced so if you compare us to an afl club like a collingwood which i often do if I was in a role at Collingwood doing the same thing, I'd be very much penciled into, this is your role, don't speak to the CEO, don't speak to the board, you have to work through X, Y, Z to get to that person. Whereas for myself here, um, because there's less boundaries, 
there's an easy conversation for me to have with our CEO, with our chairman. Um, there's not many people within the club who I, I'm, I'm unable to speak to. So within the role day to day, though, it can really vary, and you often hear that in sport. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm starting to see that. Things that I've learned through like LED, virtual advertising, corporate hospitality, um, functions, suites, helping around on game day with giveaways, as I mentioned before, um, doing matrix matrixes, putting in um, contracts, etc. Mm. The main thing as a whole is probably just ticking boxes off a contract. So for example, Simmons is our major. If they have ex-LED, ex-chairman's entitlements, if they have um, other signage, other... You know, they can come, 10 people can come to the to the awards night we had yesterday. Are they on the jacket you've, you're wearing? Um, they're not on the jacket. Didn't get a spot. Um, no, it wasn't on the checklist. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's just Capra on this one. Um, That'd but, be flat at that. Yeah, maybe some of the next year. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they're on basically everywhere else. They're yeah. wearing polos, they're wearing jerseys. Um, but yeah, so you have all these tick boxes. And for me, I'm not like these year accounts which some clubs and some people in my role will do. It's more you have to help across the whole thing um, to really get involved and just help us out. Uh, the other main thing, I suppose, is proposals. So if we're approaching a new sponsor, perhaps, it's like here's our options. Um, yeah. So I'll help to draft that up with some of our team. So, look, it can really vary. And um, I'm learning, I've learned so much in the three months I've had now. I, I said to my boss recently that, I knew I didn't have a lot of experience coming in. Um, I knew it was a bit of a take a chance if I could get a chance. I'd come in with sort of two and a half years of volunteering at South East Phoenix in corporate on a, on a game day. Um, two and a half years you were volunteering? Well, yeah, there or thereabouts. Um, oh, yeah, two wow. and a half seasons, yeah. Yeah. So I'd probably... Yeah. That's phenomenal. I'd probably make 60% of the games. Um, yeah. And again, I just loved that and it probably gave me an idea that I want to be in this space. Um, and the other one was Box Hill, which I did for about five, six months uh, last year. And that was just as I probably came on the podcast as well last mm. year. Mm. So those ex experiences both taught me a lot. I did a lot of research myself to, to get into the space I am, I suppose, as well. Uh, and for this role, specifically football knowledge was a big plus. Um, knowing how beneficial the stadium can be for us at Western United and even just knowing about the World Cup next year. Um, things like that, which some others might not know not know so gotta uh, ask you about the stadium at one point in this podcast yeah we can we can get to that uh, <laughs> our <laughs> friend simon hill had a few words about that so we'll, yeah <laughs> we might i might come back i, to I it. did hear that um but look as a whole I'm, I'm loving the job um i know i took a lot of inspiration i spoke from what you you did ryan at ca and we had a few conversations and i've had a few conversations with multiple people in, in commercial and um i guess i never really knew if i was going to love it until i really got my hands dirty within it so I had ideas of ops and events and uh, I think I've definitely found my foot in the right space and uh, look onwards and upwards from here. Was that a stressful thing to think about, whether your career direction was right for you or not before you'd even tested it? Uh, a little bit, to be honest, um, because you don't want to make the, right, the wrong call and then get stuck. Uh, so when I had those three of your yeah, commercial ops and events, I applied it basically all of them. Um, before I got this job. I didn't do a lot of ops because I didn't really have that experience whatsoever. So I sort of found that hard to do. Whereas that work with Box Hill and South East Phoenix is both commercial events. So I had done a few applications there. Um, but to be honest, I think commercial was always number one. And I know I spoke to you guys and that was always at the forefront of my mind. So for me, why I love it is just to build relationships with other people. I like meeting new people. Um, it's the same reason I enjoy doing the podcast that I did with the Sports Bubble. I know that's now done, but um, I love just being able to meet new people and learn from them. Um, mm. It's the same as being in the community with you guys. And I had a conversation with Clayton literally an hour ago. Um, we just caught up. and One of the great members. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the, the eight-foot giant, uh, yeah. the big fella. <laughs> I didn't realise how big he was. I came in and I'm like, geez, you're tall. Yeah, that's yeah. what I, I thought the same thing. I saw him at a meet-up once and I was like, whoa, yeah. you're like, <laughs> You're tall, and no wonder he's a good cricketer. He's mm. he must be a fast bowler. Yeah, he must he be. is. He's quick, but that yeah, it's one of the things about seeing all the community members online. It's a, a surprise you when you get some face to face time. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are eight foot, others are not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that tall, so you can see that in the video here. <laughs> I love how we go off on those random tangents on the podcast. Yeah, we just suddenly talk about Clayton. <laughs> Clayton will enjoy this. <laughs>
Oh, but so, back on that quickly though, I, I remember every time we spoke, you you always used to refer to your goal, which is to go and and work in the UK in commercial. Like you always had that goal you kept coming back to, and I think that was so pivotal having that in your head before you went for this role because it gave you that that guidance to say like, what's going to get me to that end spot and what's the quickest way I'm going to get there, and that led you to this. So I think it just highlights the the importance of having the goal. I think we spoke about it in the last episode, just trying to figure out what that goal is and continuously going back to what is the the one thing that I can do to get to that goal and what's the quickest way I can get there. And I think it's a good example right there. Yeah, you're mm. right. Um, it was always at the back end of my mind and um, I didn't push myself that I need to get A-League or it's bust. Yeah. Um, it sort of worked out that it, it is mm. what it is. And some, of the, some people that know me know I'm travelling an hour and a half almost to get to work on the office days and it's not like it's a around the corner job yeah. um so there is that bit of extra sacrifice for me to to do what i, I want to do um and that was something i considered when i took the job i looked at it for a whole mm. week and said too far too far too far i'm doing it and then with four hours left on the deadline i rang my boss who i hadn't spoken to for six months on that since the podcast and um yeah you know he said just put your application in see how you go speak about this speak about that i'll help you through um and I knew the sacrifice that I'd have to take to know beneficially it would set my career up and to help me get that goal, which mm. is already showing mm. three months in. T- yeah. Tell us about how you made that decision. Was it literally just going for a walk and pondering and then suddenly come to a realisation or did you jot down a few things under different categories with things that were important? How did you make that call? To be honest, it was a lot of um, family and, and my partner. Um, so, yeah, my partner, Ash, she... She really said, look, just go for it. What have you got to lose? Um, my family was the same, mum and dad, and you know, what have you got to lose by doing it? Um, I, was, I was pretty happy and content with the AFL and my work with the customer service team, stakeholder services team. I loved the team. I had not, not a bad word to say about it, but I knew that I didn't want to go another year if I didn't have to. Um, and look, I'd applied for multiple roles, and I just thought this club is myself and this is probably more my knowledge than the family and, and Ash because they didn't really know, I suppose, what West United was. But I knew how exciting the project could be despite how far I was. I knew that I'm looking to probably move out of home in the next sort of 12 months. Um, you know, I end up in the city or thereabouts. Within the next 12 months, it becomes a half an hour drive. Mm. Um, so with all that in mind, I thought, look, long term, I think I could see myself if I can nail the job until I go to the UK and then bang, I'm, I'm over. I've got four or five years of of working in a, in a football club. Um, yep. Obviously success helps now that on the weekend, I can now add that to my resume. Uh, and yeah, yeah, that put, was probably the main thing. Put in your LinkedIn title. A-League <laughs> champion. Yeah. A-League <laughs> 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 winning commercial yeah, coordinating. With champion. like one of those metal emojis or something next yeah. to it. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> so one of the, well, actually Ruben showed me this today, one of the great, LinkedIn headlines, and I know you know what I'm talking about, but Justin Langer, who great friend of the show, he'd be listening. Uh, shout out JL. His uh, his LinkedIn title is in transit. Yeah, simple, so simple. Says I it liked all. it in transit. Ruben showed me. I thought, yeah, it's fantastic. That's it. Anyway, another tangent, <laughs> which we love. It's okay. We love tangents. Um, just on the Western United job and the application process and the decision process. Once you got to the interview stage, what was important to Western United in terms of the questions that they asked to learn about you? Um, personally, it was a lot about their values and how you align with their values. So they, we have a few values that um, sort of stick out, like the growth, the togetherness. And those are some of the things I tried to put forward in the application, both from a, a resume and cover letter perspective. Um, and then when I got to the stage of actually having a conversation with them. Other things were probably that, that knowledge of football um, what could you bring from your past experiences, your just general understanding of this, the landscape? Something I discussed a lot in my first interview was where football is at in Australia, both from a national perspective, but also competition perspective. Um, the Women's World Cup, which I touched on before, how that can have an impact on us, especially with um, our facility. They're going to base a, a nation out there in the West. Um, and other things were probably just around how can we utilize our community to become Western United fans. So how can we 
bring all these new people that are moving out to the West, how can we do that? What are your ideas around that? Another thing they mentioned too was um, like an Indian strategy. So they've got a big market of, of Indians coming in and also already housed out in the West. So they sort of had their ears prick up, um, what my boss did anyway, that I'd done the India study tour in um, 2019 with Deakin. So that was another thing which I discussed a little bit. Um, but generally it was a lot of just being able to have and hold conversations because at the end of the day, that's commercial for you. You got to, you have to be able to have that relationship with staff members, your partner, um, yeah. execs and, and the like. And in terms of once I got through that stage, it was a proposal um, that I had to do. So it was a renewal for Kappa. Um, they gave me a scenario and I had to speak for 20 or 25 minutes based on all this Nielsen data they gave me. Um, and I worked with Ryan on this to put it together. Genuinely cool. Pretty cool interview question, I thought. Um, and yeah, so I suppose that can help to maybe set you apart. And yeah. for me, I hadn't done it before. So I worked my ass off to get it done and get it right. Um, and yeah, it just became a opportunity to speak on behalf of your data you presented that also fire questions that are real life. So if I'm speaking to you or in Kappa, how can we do this? Can we do this to improve whatever it might be? Um, so yeah, a lot of problem solving and that's something I took from my time at the AFL and other jobs too. So uh, yeah, that was the main things with um, within the interview. Was there any question in particular that tripped you up? There was one that uh, was mentioned in the second interview and it was probably the most challenging and that was tell me a time when your values were challenged. Uh, and I've been told that they use that in every interview with West United. So it's obviously something um, they value in mm. terms of how can you answer that question. Mm. And uh, yeah, I had to think about it and my answer was when I got uh, the sack, I basically made it redundant at my job at the gym um, in officer. So we had new owners come in. I went on holiday with, um, with the guys to Chicago for my sport marketing conference um, in 2019. I thought I'd come back and everything would be fine. I'd, weeks before I left, I'd trained them up because they'd just come in. I'd trade them the ropes because I was basically the lead at the, at the store. And uh, yeah, they came, I came back and they're like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. Um, see you later. And uh, for me, that was yeah, a mix of emotions and my values and how you treat someone is obviously mm. that was far from it. So that was my answer to it. And yeah, basically from there, I mentioned my story of how I then I traveled to Fitzroy to work in another plus fitness and I'd do four hour shifts and drive and commute home hour and a half there, hour and a half back, you know, two or three times a week. And I suppose it just spoke to my resilience and how this travel to Western United and to Essendon isn't going to be a problem when I've done this before. Yeah. And then ultimately that led to um, working at Endeavour Hills and Clyde North where I sort of amplified my my role and um, learned a lot more, which I'd spoken to you about Rubes before mm. I got the AFL job. So, um, yeah, that was probably the, the toughest question and maybe a good one for anyone to note down in case you do get that thrown at you by anyone. And even, yeah. and even going beyond that, just making sure you've done your own sort of self-check on what do I stand for? Like what are the things that I value that uh, are going to be a part of who I am? Because I know like loyalty is a massive thing for you that um, is clear in, in that answer. And I'm sure Western United would, would love love to see um, and something that's going to keep you in good stead for a long, long time to come. But even just knowing that about yourself becomes integral when you're in these situations and the A-League Premiers want to hire you. It's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, let's go back to where, you know, you're at the AFL um, and you've obviously gone through that process. You mentioned then, you know, working at the gym, you went through all that process, you you lost your job, tough times, and then you got to the AFL. What what did you learn about that process going through, you know, an interview process with one of the biggest organisations in Australia? What did you learn going through there? Well, firstly, I've got to give a massive thanks and a shout to, to Brent Hubber. Um, again, it's a networking story that we met in India, India study tour, I went to Chicago, and uh, he was working at the AFL in the team and, said, look, mate, there's a job going. I reckon you'll be an awesome fit for it. I hadn't even been looking for jobs or... Was he there already? Yeah. Yeah, nice. And um, yeah, he's now what I'd call a very close mate of mine and I think will be forever. But yeah, he said, look... And, and one of our favourite members as well, Marcel. Yeah, we, yeah. we mentioned Clayton, we've now mentioned Brands. And he, he, he'd definitely be listening. <laughs> yep. He'd be listening. Yeah, Brands also be listening. 6am when this comes out, <laughs> Tuesday morning. Um, 
but yeah, so Brant said, look, there's a role going. I think you'll be a perfect fit. This is sort of what it entitles. Um, I've put your name forward and happy to put your name forward to my boss. You know, I said your skills and we're very much the same in terms of our personality mm. and who we are. And uh, yeah, look, I contemplated that for a long time. Um, I had a good chat to Rubus multiple times, I think, in that week. And to my family and to, again, to Ash, my partner, I, I really didn't know what to do, um, which sounds ridiculous that you're, <laughs> you're contemplating the afl or plus fitness in clyde north um, <laughs> that's that 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 whole concept is challenging isn't it yeah <laughs> when you think about it so but look the reason why i was contemplating it was because i was starting to get elements of commercial experience at the gym in terms of i was starting right. to do little partnership deals and trying to push that more myself i was in a basically an assistant manager role i was working close with the franchisee we just launched a new gym in clyde north and sales going through the roof I was learning a lot from a business sense and I suppose administration sense. And that was why I thought I can keep learning this commercial stuff potentially. That That's why I want to stay. Mm. And yeah, I'd spoken to Rubes on the phone probably half an hour in the office at the gym. And um, we were like, I hope no one hears me right now. <laughs> I yeah. kind of, or I hope no one- Hiding in the storeroom. <laughs> I hope no one calls the gym and says, uh, hey, can I inquire? Because I'm busy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, look, you were just very open and honest about you know, you just got to go for it and um, you've got nothing to lose. You can always find your way out of the AFL, out of that customer service predominantly role or you can go internal and, and progress. Um, and yeah, I, I continued to weigh it up and again spoke to my family and to, to Ash and I think I just ended up going, yeah, what can I lose? Um, an incentive for me was to work with Brant. I was like, this will be awesome to work with him as well. And... Um, yeah, so I, I went for it and got pushed all the way through. I interviewed well. Um, I honestly didn't even do any prep for the interview. Yeah. I, I'd rocked up <laughs> after a day at Box Hill for an internship. I was like, I am interviewed at 3.30. I'll just turn the computer on. It just flows out now for Nathan. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say, oh, yeah, I'll just go and apply and see what happens. Because, again, I wasn't and... too fussed. I was like, well, if I don't get it, Whatever. I'm still happy. Mm. It's a good mentality, though. And th honestly, when people message me all the time saying, hey, I've got an interview <laughs> tomorrow or this afternoon, do you have any advice for me? At that point in time, it's too late to tell yeah. them, like, go and prepare. Yeah. So the th only thing I can really give them is something that's going to help their mindset. And it, I always tell them, just pretend you don't want the job. Like, yeah. tell yourself you don't care <laughs> yeah. because you're going to be a lot more relaxed and you're going to be able to deliver the answers much more effectively. And you've been able to live that. <laughs> I did it with Weston as well. I was like, ah, oh, too far. Just, I, don't, I don't care. Just stop <laughs> caring. Stop caring. doesn't matter. Yeah, every, everyone relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's easier said than done, though. Um, yeah. But I think, to be honest... The, the podcast was also a big thing for me in terms of it allowed me to have conversations without too much stress. Yeah. I started to meet people, albeit through a computer, that I'd never met and they were execs or they were higher up and you have yeah. to learn how to have a conversation with someone. So <laughs> um, that probably helped me a lot through a lot of interviews since I started that. Um, but yeah, end of the day, I, I got through and um, it was the best decision I ever made. Um, obviously, the perks of... Walking to AFL House and, and the like was unreal. Again, that sort of childhood of, yeah. buddy, yeah, this is awesome. Um, and were you I'm, in Docklands most of the time or did you get, work from home a bit? Or? Yeah, we were, but then yeah. COVID struck and we all got sent home from yeah. from May last year and I never actually went back in the office. So yeah, I was right. in there for about oh, wow. two months, I think, which was sad. Um, but I'm actually catching up with the team tomorrow night to go to the footy and grab nice. a couple of drinks, which I wanted to do a proper goodbye and I never really had the chance, so... Um, yeah, I haven't got a bad word to say about the team whatsoever, my boss, um, Reese. And look, if anyone's looking for work, I've, I know we've, she mentioned the Lockie Cross story that much that I think it's funny. Um, Tell it again, eh? <laughs> no, nah, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> but look, that, that, that's a perfect example of, look, if anyone wants to work, um, yeah. I'm happy to try to push mm. you through. And Brant's another one. I'd reach out to Brant because, again, he's in there at the moment. So. It was just a perfect platform to learn CRMs, problem solving, yep. admin. And again, you get to see the perks of being in the AFL. And look, you can take that how you want to take it. You can treat it like a customer service role and go, oh, yeah, mm. I'm just going to do customer service and get yelled at or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mentioned, but the, a, I mentioned before that I treated it like, that's how can I be a gun? Yeah. And over off-season last year, I spent a couple of weeks in our UAT platform, which is basically the test platform for that PlayHQ. Mm. And I just make teams up and make leagues up and I just become an expert. And everyone yeah. was coming to me and I started delivering webinars to clubs around the whole country. Mm. So it, it, 
and it's like that in anything in life. You just got to yeah. take it as you want it. But I wanted it more than anyone, and I wanted it to be a gun at what I did. So mm. now they're, I have they're the best roles to start because you, you kind of have nothing to lose. Because you know, let's be honest, you know, you're very entry level. You, you're doing it's like high high impact for little reward at the time, but overall you get to see the whole business and how it all works and how you actually build grassroots sport. So the experience you would have got from that is more than just playing around with play HQ, you know mm. what I mean? Like you would have learned so much more than, than just the system. So yeah. they're the ideal roles to start. And like you just said, you just got to basically self-discover sort of what the system looks like and then you basically just build work for yourself and build experience for yourself by getting to go out and present on it. So. Yeah, and it was nice to give back. Actually, um, I had some tickets up my sleeve for the granny and I gave Brant two. Um, so him and his partner went along and also um, Tony Costanzo, who was my lead for the webinars and he brought yeah. me on for that. So it was, yeah, again, it's nice. And part of me working in sport is that, um, and I'm sure a lot of us are, mm. it's to give back to people and, I know I offered you guys yeah. tickets a few times yeah. as well, but <laughs> pretty flat I couldn't yeah. take. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I already had grand final tickets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's something that makes me happy as well is being able to do that. So mm. that was nice. Yeah, thank you for those tickets. It was very nice. We'll have to, we'll definitely come next year. Yeah, if I could um, have a few next year, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> I'll plug in some dates early, mate. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fix your set. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Um, for those who don't know what we're talking about with regard to the Lachlan Croft story, <laughs> go back to episode 176 on how to tap into large networks and you'll hear all about how Nathan helped Lockie get a job at the AFL. But before there was a Lachlan Croft story, there was a Nathan Peroni story because Brant was the original beginning of all this when he invited Nathan along to, to join the team. It's and Nathan's a, just passed it on. So It's just a chain rolling around. In Maybe Brant should get a run now. Team. Maybe Brant's story will get a run now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly yeah. Right. yeah let, let's switch them. Yeah. yeah. But it's a perfect example of how just jobs kind of go between circles of people because they trust each other. So yeah. The other thing I'll say on that is you hear plenty of stories of people referring, say, their, their mates or friends that they know to, to roles and then people thinking, oh, it's a sure thing. And then they rock up to the interview, they don't prepare, they don't put their best foot forward and they don't get it. So for those listening, this isn't like, you know, it's it's mates getting each other's jobs. Like you, you're basically getting someone the opportunity to, to show what they're made of and, and that's what it's about. So, mm. you know, you had to do a lot of work to, to actually get the role even, you know, from from just getting in front of the the interviewer so yeah. it's not i think you know too though ride. if you're if if it's me and i'm going to locky i know that he has a chance yeah i wouldn't just go to someone and go exactly there's a job have a go when i know they're probably not going to get it yeah so you've mm. got to be smart about it too and yeah give the person actual hope that they have a chance to yeah. that's it like, when, when you make a warm introduction like that it's it's currency like you're putting your social capital on the line yeah, that's the other thing for lachlan so your reputation's at risk if Lachlan turns out to be a dud. And uh, like I've been messaged a number of different times. Hey, Ruben, can you introduce me to this person or can you recommend me for that or can you give me a referral or something? And half the time I'm like, I, I don't know you. Like I'm not, I don't know you well enough for me to, you know, stick my neck out and put my mm. social capital on the line for you just yet. Yep. I'm sure you're great and I'm happy to get to know you, but we're not there just yet. So I think there's a level of expectations that people need to set for themselves yeah. before they can you know expect to receive a warm introduction like that but in saying that the best warm introductions aren't asked for like yeah i don't think Lockie asked for an introduction to the afl nah. <laughs> i don't think you asked for an introduction to the afl like people want to reward good people mm. so and again that just stemmed from a conversation we had on on the networking night mm, and yeah. you just build a good rapport and you go okay this this guy's a good bloke and you find out more and go okay i'm happy to yeah. To reward you, I suppose, or to support you. Um, said the same to Clayton, yeah, a couple yeah. hours ago. So, um, mm. yeah, the right people deserve the right things if, if it's there. Mm. It just comes back to genuine connections with people, you know. Like, mm. don't force things, you know, like force someone on LinkedIn to give you a referral to someone. It's like, no, like go and get to know people and be genuine and talk about what you actually 
enjoying what you want to do and that is where the genuine connection is going to come through and they're going to pass your name forward. It's not going to come from basically asking everyone without building that relationship first. <laughs> no, that's it. Um, where do you go next? What's your plans for the future? You've had an incredibly bright last couple of years coming through the back end of uni and into the start of your career. What are the next stages look like for you? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, for me, I think I'd just stay the course with, with Western. I don't see myself moving away anytime soon. I think, again, part of the reason I said before that I wanted to join was the project and being part of something special, both from being a new club, but also to see the stadium come to life. So unless something comes up that's unbelievably hard to, to say no to, um, and with my thoughts of being in the UK in a few years' time, I'd like to think I stay there, um, try to progress if the roles are there to, to progress to. Um, but look, I'm still fresh. I still don't really know where things will go or I wouldn't like to be in this role for five years in terms of I don't progress internally for five years Yeah. Um, and just you know sort of so stay the same. So you'd be happy to be in the club for five years but I in different roles. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't like to be a coordinator oh, yeah, for fine. five years, which yeah, I think everyone understands. Yeah. I think yeah. everybody is fine to say that. Um, but look, I want to give it time too. So I'd be happy to be a coordinator for a couple of years because at the end of the day, I'm still, I've had no real commercial experience in a full-time mm. sense until now. So I know how much I can continue, sorry, can continue to learn um, within a club that's so small that I can dip my toes into multiple things. We've got a women's team coming on next year, which is a whole kettle of fish. Mm. Um, more partners, more learnings, more relationships. So there's so much more I can continue to learn. And then even from a stadium perspective, no one in the country really knows what it's like to work and own your own stadium because it doesn't yeah. happen. So what's, that's another what's thing. What's the latest? Can you give us the scoop? <laughs> the, uh, you heard it first on the Sportsco <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, we're pretty confident that within 12 months' time we'll be in our training facility. Yeah. So training facility will be then the, the um, centrepiece for the players and the coaches. Yeah. They'll move from the hangar. Um, and I'd say they're pre-season for not this year, not, not the season coming, the one after, will be there. And likely that they'll be playing home games there as well because that'll, help, that'll hold about 6,000 people. Yeah. So that year, which would be the 23-24 season, yeah. would be out of the training ground. I'd say staff may be still at the hangar. I won't know. Um, so you're sharing that with Essendon. Is that correct? What's yeah. happening now? Gotcha. So we moved in there... Mid April, yeah. Okay. Um, but I foot, didn't know that football's been there since November. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, back to the. Like it's been kept very quiet. I did not know that. Mm. Yeah, I'll come back to that in a sec. But with this, with the stadium, it's probably a year after. So twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, will be a training facility, and the one after that, twenty four, twenty five. It should be all good to go. And the thing is, it's not just a stadium, and that's what our chairman keeps preaching. Um, the yeah. exec keep preaching. It's a facility. It's a city. It's a it's a suburb almost. Um, there'll be a training facility, there'll be a stadium, there'll be basketball, there'll be greenery, there'll be mm. shopping centres, there'll be housing. I think they're saying 40 to 50,000 people to go into that area. So if you're in the area, wow. it, it's hard to not want to support a club that's at your doorstep, yeah. regardless mm. if you feel football or not. So yeah. the long term, and yes, I, I take it on board that I'm now part of the club that didn't deliver a stadium and we all own that. But was, it wasn't promised from the get-go wasn't it it was. it was so with the wow. bid, with the bid it was we're i gonna, thought it was in in the years coming it would start it was promised that within i think two years it was going to be ready right um i mean there have been some other factors at play <laughs> yes i know with with covid and everything Small pandemic in the way yeah <laughs> yeah covid um is something probably forget and people still just go oh where's your stadium where's your stadium yeah um and even with us winning on the weekend people are still going to two seconds later go where's your stadium <laughs> Um, and look, I'll be honest, That was I was one of those people, early doors, because I wanted Team 11 to come in, which was going to be in Dandenong, which was at South East where I live. Um, and like the people of the West now, I would have got around the club and got into the A-League because it was at my doorstep. So if you're in the West now, it makes complete and utter sense mm -hmm. to go for West United. Obviously, success is going to breed some more fans too. But um, look, yeah. I now own it and it saddens me that we're still not there and we're still a fair way off. But um, the fact that the club is all bought into, we realise and we acknowledge that the stadium's not there. We acknowledge that we're behind schedule. Mm. 
but we're still such an ambitious club. We're all on the journey together. Our partners are all on the journey together. They're invested for the long term as well. Um, and I know that once it's ready, it'll be hard to hard to match. Yeah. So it sounds incredible. Like I haven't I haven't read a lot about the whole project, but I didn't I didn't realise it was of that magnitude that it was sort of like a precinct and not just a standalone stadium. Yeah. Like I think that that goes into, you know, what happens in the UK and Europe, like there's stadium precincts and like training mm. facilities and everything. Like US that, are massive on it. Yeah, like that doesn't really yeah. happen here. We just have like a, a building and that that's exactly. it. Exactly. You know, I so. was listening to Jason, our chairman, I think on the football from A to Z podcast, which Zaponi and Archie Thompson run. Mm. And he yeah, he mentioned that I think a lot of the inspiration got taken from Milwaukee Bucks and yep. their um their facility outside where a lot of the fans base I'm not sure what it's called, but how it's all sort of together and you can walk around the corner and there's just a stadium. Um, wow, that's cool. So that's, I think, the goal and nice. um, that's why I also want to be part of it, to see it come to life. That'll mm. be epic so, to see all that happen. Um, I know how much work experience as well I'll get from being part of it. So that's where I'm at with the future. You can buy awesome. a house out there. So look, <laughs> <laughs> it was not Devote something... yourself <laughs> to your craft <laughs> and your club. <laughs> really immerse yourself, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was not something you, I'd consider until recently. I was like, I'm never going to go west. Like, I have yeah. no association with the west. <laughs> um, and there was a little piece of me that said, well, when I leave this club, whenever that might be, I'd love to still be around it for the rest of my life and support it and bring the kids and whatever. Uh, but that'd be hard if I'm in the east. So, yeah. look, I don't know. We'll we, see. We'll see. We, so you we you could have like a little investment property as your <laughs> little badge of contribution <laughs> to the west. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, how's yesterday? How's yesterday? We were driving past, where were we? In um, Moravin. Moravin. Don't ask why. And um, we drove past a gate and it had Hawthorne Future Facility on it. Yeah, welcome, right? to the, welcome, to the future, welcome to the future home of the Hawthorne Football so Club in Dingley. So my question for you is, are you going to be shifting out to Dingley? And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to buy a little impress, investment property down in Dingley so that, you know, when I want to travel down there and, and visit... Then I've, I've got a place to stay. You, and you'll fly in on your plane and we're having an airport. That'll get you. I'll home. come into the helicopter, <laughs> land on the oval. Sports grad's paying high. Yeah, come That's on. That's it. We're going to need a bit more funding. I'm going to raise some more money for that. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your point, though, on the, um, uh, the hangar. Um, yeah. Yeah, so tell yeah, me about that. We, uh, football moved in, I think it was November. Yeah. So previously they'd been based out of Caroline Springs at, at George Cross um, Football Club. Caroline Springs, George Cross. And the facility there is great. Um, but end of the day, it's yeah. a local community facility that isn't made for an elite club. And um, my understanding was previously um, they weren't too the coach wasn't too keen um, on moving to a football an AFL facility. Yeah, um, anti AFL. And then Alois John Alois has come in, happy to move, um, sees the benefits of it, and from all accounts throughout the club, everyone's loved it. Um, yeah. You're in a more professional environment. Obviously, now admin has moved there. We used to be in Truganina, just in a random office. Yeah. So now we are housed in, in the middle of the hangar. Bombers are off to the left. Our players are basically downstairs from us. We share with football and admin, so you see the coaches. Um, and then they train out on the Marvel Stadium size ground. Yeah. And the Bombers use the, the MCG size ground, and we sort of just work around it. So the players yeah. share the gym um, nice. together. We've had... Uh, operational staff that have sort of made us feel welcome and come in. Um, last week we had reception with West United scars and flags and there was like an LED board, like a TV like this that said, good luck, West United. Yeah. Um, so it's not like we're just nah. infiltrate. Yeah, infiltrating. You're, not, you're not coming in this roof in the fire department. Nah, They're not by any means. So they've ha been great. How is that possible? Like, have they downsized or something? Have they, have they changed the layout of it? I think they've built a third level, they've which didn't exist. Else. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, for the most part, from November to April when this was ready, the football department were working out of a, a little office yeah. off near a function room. The players still had their space, and so that was all hasn't changed. Um, but admin, again, were off-site, so yeah. it made that hard. And, uh, yeah, now we can just yeah. – you, know, you can walk down a set of stairs and go watch training if you want to yeah, or cool. go interview the players or whatever you need to do. It is, uh, it is a big hangar at – yeah, I'll give you that as well. So there's plenty of room. <laughs> it's a good facility. It's huge. We actually, we played a couple of practice games out there when I used to play footy that time. 
and uh, <laughs> never told me this. Yeah, we yeah we we used to play practice games on the Marvel size one, and it's an unreal facility. Like it's so cool. Uh, so yeah, head out there. Unreal. Yeah, it's very open. Um, yeah, which can be good and bad, I suppose. From mm. People spying on us or whatever. Yeah, there's a few holes in the fence. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nathan, you've got a job at the AFL. You've now got a job with the A-League Premiers. You are seemingly at like the, you know, the doorsteps of an incredible career. Are you going to stick around the community? That's what we want to know. <laughs> We're all about helping getting people, people yeah. jobs in sport, but also helping them progress their career. And you've been our longest standing member. Are you going to stick around? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> what are you going to give? What are you going to give? Me? Don't, don't even question nah. it. <laughs> nah, nah. I'll um, I'll be here for the long term. I've I've said that to multiple people um already, and again, I'll I'll bring back to to having a chat with Clayton a couple of hours ago. I literally said I'd see myself here for a while, and um, I think it's interesting when people come to the community, what their values are and what they want to get out of it. I'm sure there's people that come in and they go, "Look, I want to get a job," and then I'll just I'll duck out. Um, there'll be people that want a job and they also want to grow as a community, which is probably what I wanted when I came in. But also I'd say the job was the least of a priority. It was more, how can we grow as a bunch of 20 year olds and, and raise together and help each other out. Who knows if I'll be helping someone get a job or they help me get a job in 20 years. Like you don't know. Um, and a lot of my also inspiration was to come and to connect with you guys, um, which is done pretty well so far <laughs> you're on the um, podcast twice yeah <laughs> so look I, I i see myself hanging around and if that means i can help to hire someone when i'm 35 and they're 20 like fantastic um we really don't know where this could be in five mm. to ten years but um yeah I, I just know the benefit of growing together um i love to give back and i know i'm only 23 and i've been in the industry full-time for for the sort of uh, nine months or so with the afl and weston but um like I even had a chat last night with Alex. I forget his last name because I just met him. Um, Alex Lasuros, I think maybe. Could be wrong. But Alex, I met him at the awards night last night. Um, he'd volunteered with Weston. I then found out he'd done stuff with Phoenix volunteering. He joined the community pretty recently um, from my understanding. And mm. I said, look, happy to chat, mate. Um, I know how hard it is to break in. I know how hard it can be to, to meet the right people or know where to go. So, yeah, if I can help in any way, um, more than happy to, I think. I was thinking today before I came in, when we had a chat last time, I think you guys said, you might come back on as the professional. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, I guess you could say I am the professional now because I'm in a full-time role, but I still feel like a kid um, yeah. that's not really there. And I wouldn't say I have imposter syndrome all the time, but sometimes when I think big picture, I still feel like I, I'm mm. still a 19, 20-year-old that's going through uni. So, um, no, nah, you can back me in to, to be around and... I enjoy being, you know, you could say an ambassador or um, part of your story. And, um, yeah, it's, it's all for the benefit of, of the community and, and for sport as a whole. And the weekend showed to me, well, it amplified to me how good sport is and how could you not want to work in this industry when Melbourneians, especially in Australians, we all grow up and it's our life basically and it's mm. culture. So, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's uh, excellent to hear. I think excellent for just people in the sports industry to hear that you know people such as yourself who have got the right values front of mind want to stick around want to be a part of it want to create something special want to help other people live up to that as well and and do their own uh, meaningful thing as well um i touched on the fact that you are our longest standing member i want to read you a message that you sent to us in september 2020 the 11th of september 2020 okay this is right before the community existed. I think the podcast has been going for about three months at this point in time. Yep. We didn't know who you were and you reached out and said, hey guys, just wanted to get in touch regarding your community group idea. I think it's a brilliant business move both, both financially and to enhance your engagement with your growing audience. Personally, I believe it is well worth the investment from a consumer's perspective as I am paying over $1,000 for units at university when I'm learning so much from this free service and would love the chance to have this Patreon-like service. Keep up the great work. I'm continuing to benefit from the content and will be a big supporter of this community group. Kind regards, Nathan. And here you are, what, a year and a Legend. half later. So that's, that's you're, cool. you're, you're a man of your word. <laughs> Frame that, I reckon. That's pool room. 
quality. Yeah. And sure enough, we... room for the commons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the desk. Mm. That's like OG sports crowd. It's quality. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, sure enough, we opened up the communion. You know, first yeah. one to jump in, so... Yeah. It's... um. Yeah, never had any doubts. Um, and I've said this to many people, and it, it reads as well. Value-wise, it's far and above uni. Um, not saying uni is bad, but in terms of the value you get out of a unit compared to this as a whole, you pay off a unit for this in four years or I don't know, whatever it might be. Um, I think it might be, high, it might be less now because you've <laughs> made it a bit more valuable <laughs> and uh, exclusive. But um, yeah, like, Value-wise, it's so far and ahead. Um, keep doing uni and keep studying because you get a lot of experience out of that, as I saw. But um, I've said this to, again, multiple people. And last time I was on the podcast, if you're not listening to this or if you're not in the community, you're falling behind. So get in it. Mm. Well, I know you mentioned different points of your career over time. Um, chatting with you around the point in time when you were – trying to make that decision about going to the AFL and seeing you kind of get over that hurdle to experience something pretty amazing and, and that massive organisation filled me with a lot of pride to kind of see you, you know, lap that up. And then I know for Ryan as well and the work that he did with you to, you know, work on these case studies for yeah. commercial partnerships role, uh, both of us are just incredibly proud of how far you've come since you first engaged with us. And uh, I said on a, uh, a presentation the other day, I was talking about, the sports grade community and how it came together and I was telling your story and I told these group of people on the webinar that at the end of the A-League grand final I didn't watch a single minute of the game in the last five minutes because I saw you filter down onto the ground and I saw the Western United staff filter down onto the ground and I could see you just like pumping your arms up getting the crowd involved just lapping up the entire atmosphere and I couldn't stop smiling looking at you thinking here's a guy who has made such leaps and bounds over the last two years to be in this incredible position where he's experiencing you know, literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for, for many, many people. Not many people win a grand final in any sense. doesn't matter if you're a player, coach, staff, what have you. And uh, to see you just enjoying yourself and know how much work you put in just filled me with a lot of pride. And, um, yeah, it's a pleasure to kind of see you continue to grow and, and be able to hear all about it today as well. So... We are, yeah, stoked that you're able to join us today, Nathan. I really appreciate it, mate. I mean, as I said to you in the text message and I've said it to you guys multiple times, you've had a, a, bit impact, a big impact on my life um, in the short time we've known each other. Um, I know we'll be, yeah, very close for a long time into the, our careers and, um, yeah, I mean, this resource is something that we all wish we had when we started uni. Um, I was lucky to have it on the back end of uni. And, uh, yeah, obviously happy to continue to push that for, for years to come. Um, as you said, Saturday night, it gave me time to just reflect and um, I think even your message and uh, your the post you guys put out as well, it sort of all hit home that, um, yeah, I've just come a long way. So, yeah, this little, I suppose this little kid that was hitting a golf ball <laughs> at like one, two years old and kicking a footy and um, to now be here, it's a bit surreal, so... Um, yeah, just I'm I'm loving life and trying to soak it all in and and take it as it comes um, and enjoy it at the same time. So yeah, I'd I'd love to give back and something I, I've thought about recently and maybe it's a bit too soon, but seeing like what Belinda Kay does at at Deacon and um, how she gives back and she contributes to us and like I'd love to see myself working once a week and and helping students of tomorrow in twenty thirty years or whatever it might be. Um, just because I, I don't know, just a, va a value of mine of, of being able to give back. And again, if it can help me recruit the next gun, next the next me sort of thing. Um, you are a gun. You're allowed I'd, to I'd, say I'd love to. <laughs> I'd love to. So look, um, yeah, thanks again for having me, guys. And um, always a pleasure. Awesome, Rubes. Well, we love talking to Nath. And uh, as I said at the start of the episode, he's joined the illustrious group of getting a double episode to their name. <laughs> um, that was a gen genuine great discussion, as it always is when we when we chat to Nath. But interested to hear, hear what uh, what your highlights were. Yeah, no, we we love talking to Nath, and yeah, I've, I've put the tissues away. We got a bit emotional <laughs> at the end, but uh, we. I thought, I thought you were gonna have a bit of a tear there but yeah yeah he did well yeah th i tried to I think, keep it in i think he was almost as well i tried hard to tear yeah. him up. <laughs> imagine that the first uh 
the first tears on the Sports Grab podcast. Yeah. Hard hitting. We stuff. try to be a, a light and educational podcast, but Absolutely. then sometimes he, tears hit. <laughs> Maybe. Next time. Bring on the tears. <laughs> the race is on. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of leads me to my main takeaway, and that is Nathan's got to where he is today by just being a good person who's done good work and continued to put himself out there, put yeah. himself on display to network with people, to be genuinely curious. And that cycle is going to take him so far into the yeah. future. So I think if you're listening to Nathan thinking, how can I get to where he is? Think about who you are first and what values you align to. Think about how hard you're going to work and what you want to work on and then just keep putting yourself out there so more people yeah. know what you can do. And the cycle will continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I loved his point around how much podcasting helped him. Mm. And I, I can really relate to this, like not not from so much a, an interv- interview point of view. Like he he said that it really helped with his interviews because yeah, able he, did, to, he just rocked up to the AFL. Yeah, so, yeah just rocked up and oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, but it really helped him, and you know I can definitely relate to this because it's just when you you're podcasting with someone, it's just having a conversation, and when you've done 181 of them, which is today, um, you know you're gonna get pretty used to talking to people so start a podcast do it it'll, it'll help you with the interviews help you talking to people everything it's great absolutely it just it really just helps you articulate what you're trying to start, say and for anyone who wants to see me make a fool of myself go onto youtube and go <laughs> back to the very first sports grad interviews back in 2018 2017 and uh they're not quite as polished as they are today yeah Who's I love how you just said articulate, and I reckon I've been shocking at articulating <laughs> my words today, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Quick one, um, other episodes that kind of relate to Nathan and this space, are there any suggestions mm. you've got for those listening in? Well, Nathan's been on before, so I'd definitely yeah. go back and listen to the first time he was on. Yeah, uh, I might do that as well, actually, because I'd be interested it's to hear. a different perspective, yeah. like, I think. That's quite cool. So he came on in, what, May last year, which was... Uh, I think it's episode 81 he would have been on. Good. Uh, and then uh, for those who want to hear more about, um, I guess, sponsorship in general, tune in to Lena Staropoli. She's a sponsorship manager yeah. at Cricket Australia who's had some really good international experience and she is episode 24. Yeah. If you also want to hear about uh, someone who's made an incredible leap from – or someone who's made the most of university to end up in a really cool job – Go listen to Abby McNish. Mm. Now, she's moved on, but at the time we talked to her about how she made the jump from university to the Carlton Football Club, and yeah. she was the most involved person at Deakin University I've ever met. So if you want to listen to her, I reckon she is, this is gonna 63. Test She's in the 60s. We'll be checking that out. She's in the 60s. I know that much. <laughs> we won't edit this out. I want you to be proven wrong if this is wrong. <laughs> I reckon it's 63. I want to look it up now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, while you look that up, uh, a quick... Um, Quick last message from us. Obviously, connect with us on LinkedIn. Plus, be, be sure to jump into the SportsGrad community. We'd love to chat with you on there. Uh, head to our website, sportsgrad.com.au slash community to join. It's 63. Head, it is 63. It's 63. <laughs> well done. I was expecting you to come in and tell me that after I'd finished the last nah, bit, but that is totally Forget fine. that. Well There's done. One things. <laughs> you're, there's something up with you and, uh, and podcast numbers. So you're elite, mate. Well done. Um, but head to our show notes for all that information. Also, if you love the show, we would love for you to rate the show five stars, review it, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. Um, you can do that wherever you listen to your podcast. So jump on board. We'd love to get some love from from you guys as well. So well done to you on that call. Yeah, sorry I interrupted you. No, nah, no, nah, that's that totally fine. I was, I was just about at the end. So I think the listeners got what they needed to hear. So. Perfect. Anyway. All righty. <laughs> we better get out of here. It's getting silly. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.